With the first pick in the 2008 WNBA draft, the Los Angeles Sparks select Candace Parker. With the first pick in the 2011 WNBA draft, the Minnesota Lynx select Maya Moore from the University of Connecticut. Brought to you by Sports Ethos and Outlet Pass. My name is Corey Rausch. Uh, I'm a podcast host here at Outlet Pass. Uh, we're doing something a little bit different today to wrap up our WNBA season. Uh, with me today is 808s from Outlet Pass. 808s, how are you? Yo, hey man, how's it going? Thank you for having me on. Absolutely, absolutely. So there's been a little bit of downtime. I know you were on the pod. I think it was last week with Bailey, right at the end of the uh, at the end of the Sky series. And then um, I've, I've been away. I've been busy with, with life stuff. So uh, kind of getting back into it. And uh, we decided to split this into it's going to be all out in one pod, but uh, you'll hear different voices for this. It'll, part of it will be just the sun side. The other part will be uh, the aces side to kind of put a wrap on uh, what I thought was a pretty great season and series. So um, before getting into any of that, I wanted to kind of today. So we're recording this on Monday. Uh, Vicki Johnson got let go by the Dallas Wings. Uh, I've been rather critical of the Dallas Wings and Vicky Johnson on here before. I feel like that's a, pr- a pretty common trend in W Twitter. That being said, I was still kind of surprised by this news. Um, I don't know what else. This is going to be a common thread. I'm uh, to kind of tip my hand a little bit when we get into things later. Um, I think expectations matter, and I do. I think that she was a great coach, not necessarily. Did her lineups make me scratch my head basically every game? Yes. I don't think she was either of the top two problems with this organization. And I don't know what else she was supposed to do. This team's whole mandate was playoffs or best for the last two years. They'd never made the playoffs. or I, I, They made the playoffs since they were in Dallas, I don't believe so. No. She made it two years in a row. She stole a game from Connecticut and pretty actually she drubbed them in one game. And that's not her. That's her players. But you know what I mean? Like, if you're telling me that the expectations were to sneak into the playoffs and potentially win a game, I don't know what else she was supposed to do with this team, given the roster constraints. What were your thoughts on this news? So, honestly, I just completely forgot about the wing since that series happened. <laughs> like, keep it a bucket, you man. I just was like, okay, it. They're just going to go into the offseason and figure out what they're going to do, and VJ will be back after making the playoffs two straight seasons. Like, they hosted their first playoff game since being in Dallas in 2016, since moving to Dallas in 2016 this year. Like, they lost, but they were able to some, some way, somehow, build up on that. And I wasn't in the arena at the time, but CCP was popping, man. Like, it was a lot of people in there. It was wild. And it was just hyperactive. Like, it was the kind of environment that you want to build off of going into the next season. And even after the game, like, yeah, the fans were, of course, disappointed, but they were happy. Like, they've never seen the team in the playoffs at home. 
Yeah. Like last year, they lost Seek Elimination out of there. They lost to the Sky. You know what happens last year. But I'm, I'm not in favor of it. I'm really not for a couple of reasons. Um, this coach went on a, a very good win streak. I think it was five straight Ws. And out of those, some of those wins, they beat the Sky and the Aces in back-to-back games without Enrique Gubawale. And I just don't know how you look at the sample size towards the end of the season and just say, hey, you know, forget the improvement. We're just going let, to let you go anyway. Now, I understand that they were eventually, like Christina uh, Williams reported earlier in the season, that they were, um, you know, they were possibly going to trade away Alicia Gray. And there's been numerous instances with um, Isabel Harrison on social media talking about her playing time. And the fact that Charlie Collier is a first-round pick and a number one overall pick and hasn't played any consistent minutes. I really don't know where to go from there. Yeah, it's – and I guess, like, part of the other part of – like, the other part of it was kind of confusing to me is the timing, right? I understand that maybe it's because the option was due today or whatever. I don't I don't even know if that's the reason. I'm just making an assumption because that's the only reason why it makes sense. Why you make the decision today? Mm-hmm. I, it, like, your season's been over for weeks. I, I just – I don't – you've already had other teams fire coaches, so it's not like you're getting out ahead of them. I, I just I'm, – I'm very confused. I don't know what the point of doing it now is. And maybe I'm just being pedantic by looking at it that way, but it's just – it's very – it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, it's just – it's so oddly timed for, like you said, someone who – to show the improvements that that team did when Origi is not on the floor, I, I think is it, pretty impressive to me. I, I don't think that that's, that's anything to sneeze at. And, I mean, arguably they were a better team without her, and that's Vicky Johnson's game planning to me. And I, I don't know. I, like I said, I, if you had told me after last year that she was like, oh, or, or even though they made the playoffs, like they were a, a, a sub 500 team that was kind of going nowhere. And like you said, with the, with the minutes for your young players, I could have understood it then. She was missing. I, I remember joking about this whenever I was doing the first round preview on here uh, when we had Kadeem on, because I remember going into the series with the Sun. They were talking about how she'd been missing her two best players for most of the season, or like the most of the last month. And I was like, too bad. I, I know Enrique's been out. Satu Sabli is one of my favorite players in the league, and I just plum forgot she existed because she hasn't played. And the fact that you got to the playoffs again with this team without her, I don't know. Like, I mean, like I said, I don't think Vicky's necessarily a great coach in this league. I don't know who else could have done more with this team. So I'm like, there's an interesting group of talent here, and I think. If you're going to continue to build around Arike, you ought, like you like you said, you mentioned the Alicia Gray rumors, you mentioned the Easy Harrison kind of unrest. Like there's trade pieces here where you could kind of shuffle this roster and build something pretty impressive very quickly. Do you do you trust Bib to do that? I don't I don't know that I do. It's it's a mess. Like it's a mess, and one of the main angles with this entire scenario that I heavily disliked or hate honestly yeah. is the fact that Vicky Johnson's catching a most of the blame and yeah, like all, anyone all that knows them, right? me, it basically all of it anyone that knows me knows I've been heavily critical of her and the Dallas Wings because I know the talent they have I know they could have honestly if this you know picked it up a little bit they could have been one of the better teams in the league period they have the talent but like I said earlier on, on Twitter she was given the groceries that were shopped for her and she made the best of what she could. Now I agree. Does two shot curating guards necessarily work in a starting lineup? No, they don't in regards to Enrique and um, Marina Mabry. But at the same time, 
we don't know what went on behind the scenes. We don't know whether um, Greg Bibb had favorites with players that wanted to be played a certain kind of way. Like, there's just too much uncertainty, and she's catching all of the flack. And I, I just don't agree with that. After the run that they had, and, yeah, again, they lost to the Connecticut Sun. But the, they were in the majority of those games until the very last one where they just got their doors blown off. So firing her the way they did, it's, it, it leaves an unsettling taste for a number, again, a number of reasons. One, who's running to Dallas to go coach that team? I mean, no one. Like that's, no like, one. They've shown themselves as this kind of an organization teams are not going to run to. Like if, I'm, I'm, if I was a head coach, I'm not, obviously. But I would – Honestly, consider going to Indiana before I would Dallas. Oh, I would, I would, hundred percent. For the talent they have, um, you know, Indiana is stable too. Exactly, like this is a stable team. They have a numerous amount of draft picks, and they have just great talent around the team that they have. Um, I, I don't get it. And you know, one of the nuances of this entire situation is the fact that you know Vicky's catching all this flack. Yet, remember, they traded multiple first-round picks to acquire Tierra McCallum. Yeah, she didn't start two straight games until literally the middle of July. So you can't say that's all on the coach. You, you just can't. Not in good faith, no. Not in good faith. I mean, a majority of the conversation around Vicky Johnson today has been in bad faith and distaste. Yeah, I was, like I said, and, and I think you and me are on the same page here. I've never been a very complimentary person when it comes to Vicky Johnson, but this ain't it. And I, I just, I, I think that she's catch, she's catching all the strays for there's other people to blame. There's, I, I don't know. It's, it's frustrating, but we'll move on. There'll be plenty of time to talk. Like I said, I think Dallas is the kind of team that could be very active in this postseason or in this off season, just because, I mean, you don't make this move and, and just come back with the exact same roster. So I think we're going to see some kind of things shake up for better or for worse. So, um, my Connecticut son. Uh, so I, I think we like. It's funny because the way I'm going to describe this, you're going to disagree with from the start. So I'm not. <laughs> I'm not mad. I know that. Like I mean, obviously, I wanted us to win. I I I, I came on this podcast before the the Sky Series and said I thought they were going to get swept. I thought that best they were the fourth best team in the league. If you go to the finals and, and, and take a game and almost take a second game off of off of this Aces team, I, I can't just I just can't be that upset about it. Um, I understand the logic of there were five teams this year that could have won the title and would probably have said title or bust. Was, I, I just have I just have trouble saying that all of the teams that didn't win seasons are a failure because they didn't get there. I, I think there's some nuance to it, and just saying that. Failure because L is it, it just removes all of the nuance from the equation. I know I'm also in the minority in liking the way that the Connecticut Sun play basketball. If I could fix my brain to like more pretty basketball, I would. Uh, I'm also a Detroit Pistons fan, so I mean it kind of comes with the territory. This is kind of what I like, so um, <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I as someone who since I, I've only been in the league for. This is my third full season being a fan of the league, like watching constantly, right? Alyssa Thomas has been my favorite player since I got into the league. So getting to watch her cap the season with two triple doubles, getting that game at home and actually, and like making this last game competitive, there's not much more that I personally could have asked for. So I'm just taking 
and maybe maybe that's the loser's lament, the loser's mentality or whatever. But I'm I'm taking the good where I can and and just saying, you know what, that was a better season than I expected. Now you can go off and tell me how wrong it was. Now listen, man, like, it was a lot of jokes yesterday on the timeline, a lot of jokes in the group chat, uh, the OP group chat. But if I'm talking with an objective and realistic mind. No one predicted the Connecticut sky. Jesus Christ, Connecticut sky. The Connecticut sun to go to the finals. Like, from the beginning of the season, pretty much, damn near almost throughout the entire season, it's been sky versus aces. Yep. Aces versus sky. So the fact that, you know, and before we even really get into the sun, the sky didn't deserve to be there, period. Like, you were up 10 points going into the fourth quarter of a winner go home game, and you cough up an 18-0 run in the last four minutes of the ball game. You don't deserve to be there. So now that that's out of the way, <laughs> the Sun deserved to be there. They were a formidable opponent. It wasn't some type of, quote-unquote, easy path to a championship like some people have framed. Like, when people say things like that about Connecticut, I really wonder if they've watched the same Connecticut Sun game this entire season. There's they nothing forced... about playing against them. Exactly. The Connecticut Sun forced everyone to play to their style. And some teams come out victorious. Some teams don't. <laughs> like a lot of those games, the Sky won against uh, Connecticut. Uh, they were really close to a point where they could have lost them. And going into this series with the Aces, I, I just feel like it's a lot of disingenuous feelings about this team and the roster itself. Like if they had maybe just a touch more shooting, that would really open up this entire lineup. Like, yeah. go ahead. No, I was just, I, I didn't, uh, I, it's just, I, I think that it, it was interesting, right? Like they basically had to rewrite their style, not because they're a very similar style than what they were a year before, but they rewrote their style in the middle of the season when you lose, lose Jazz Thomas, because you were so heavily based on that point of attack defense and you still ended up being a great defensive team, but it, it shifted, right? And then mm-hmm. when they played the wings in the first round, that was not the team we saw that was able to rebound and take the series from the sky, right? You saw that the, the, the being able to bend teams to their will is something they've been known for. But honestly, in that in that wing series, that's not really what was happening. They were playing more out out and about. Like that's why there were two blowouts in that series because it was a more free flowing game. And then I didn't think they'd be able to bend a team like the sky or the aces to their will at any point. And I think that that's what made the end of the game yesterday so interesting when it was the the bully ball lineup of the of the sun with all the bigs against the super small lineup for the aces i think that that was i mean that's what i love in basketball right is whenever like these two teams go this is my best lineup let's see who comes out on top i obviously would have preferred my team to come out on top but i still appreciate the that that's like i just thought that was so much fun to watch it's what i mean i've made a ton of jokes at the sky's expense but that's what i loved about watching the sky on their title run last year was just this is our lineup beat us if you can and it's I, I just I understand why not everybody would like watching the sun. We 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 argued a little bit, not even argued, but like you know, whenever you're in the middle of a game, you get. But like, I get that that's not for everybody. I think that that's what I I love about this league so much is that because you've seen a lot of other leagues, whether it be basketball or other sports, even where when a style wins, the league kind of homogenizes around that style and goes, "Well, this is what won, so we're all going to play it." That's not the W. These teams have their own style and. I just I love that they're their own thing and no one really kind of plays like them, but they play it at such a high level that, that you shouldn't be able to win scoring 50, 60 points. But 
they hold they hold elite offenses to that often. So I don't know. I, I think that they're entering a crossroads of their own, and I think that you could say that for a number of teams. But I remember hearing that like when we went down in the in the Sky Series as well was that uh, I mean we're kind of playing for this year. We're not looking forward to next year because who knows who will be here next year. So. Um, I think that's what kind of made it so special for me. I didn't expect to win that series. I, obviously, I was away on my honeymoon for most of it. So, full disclosure, I didn't even get to see most of it live. I was kind of catching, like, the, the clip games and stuff like that the next day on the timeline because I had other things, unfortunately. No, unfortunately or fortunately, depending on how you're looking. Unfortunately, as a journalist, fortunately, very, very much so in my life. But um, going on that, I didn't get to catch it all live. But just I, I watched yesterday's game live, and, and like I said, I, I understand why some people might not like it. But that's my team, and I, I loved every minute of it. So, you know, a lot of the unfair criticism that Connecticut was caught during the finals, at least during this stretch of games, is the fact that Dewana Bonner has scored eight points and 31% shooting. Like, you're not going to win many games when you're arguably your second best player is not playing like, you know? Yeah. I mean, if you really want to go there, sometimes Dewana Bonner's play means more to this team than John Paul Jones. And that's just the way that he gets a wings league. And she plays like that more often than John Cole does, which opens up the offense. I just feel like we haven't seen that consistently enough to really judge this team, at least during these final spot, these last four games, man. Like she had 18 points in the third game on like 53% shooting. And then in the last game, it was 12 points on 36%. So it's like, it just was never, uh, it's never any stability. So I, I like a lot of the criticism that they've caught. Like, I, I would agree that I don't really like their physical play um, for a number of reasons. But it's not for everybody, and that's perfectly fine. But, just like, I've heard a lot of takes about this team not deserving to be there. And I'm just saying, you have to beat the teams in front of you to get to the finals. No one just gives you a Willy Wonka gold ticket to the finals and says, here you go, have fun. But that's not how that happens. And... I feel like this playoffs was the full Dewana Bonner experience, right? There were times where she was absolutely like, I looked like she was the best player on the floor, no matter who you're talking about. And then other times she shoots you completely out of the game. And it's, it's, that's the risk they took whenever they decided to bring in Courtney Williams in the off season, because then you're pairing two players that shoot in that kind of like, where it's a, a very much can shoot you into a game and shoot you out of a game. And especially whenever, as the, the, the season went on and specifically in the postseason where um, there was a little bit more, passivity, whether it be from Jonquel or from the way that they ran plays for Jonquel. If you're relying that heavily on on those two guards to like really bury their shots when I mean when, when they bury them, you're gonna blow teams out, but when not, it becomes very difficult because you are a team that tends to score in the sixties. So you need every one of their points. And yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's I, I just I agree with what you said about whenever people say, well this team didn't deserve to get there. It's like what else can you do to deserve it other than win? That's how this is measured, and, and they won the game. So I don't know. I think that like, it would be one thing if someone in the sky and someone – I mean, I guess Arike was out, but you know what I mean. Like, if, if, if the sky had suffered, like, two major injuries, and, like, that's a little bit different. Yeah. That's not, that's not what happened, so I don't know. I think it's I, – I, I don't know. That, that's, that's mostly why and, – and, and, and you caught the brunt of it yesterday when I was reacting mid-game, but that's like – I was just so – I'm so tired of like some of the talk about it. Like I understand that they that Kurt did some of it to himself whenever he answered the question, the way that he did about Candace Parker, but like, it's just, 
I, or like people who were taking like shots at you and Sabria for not doing spaces the next day. I understand that there is a level of animus from because of some of the people that have, have, have said certain things, but I don't think that that's an issue with this team. And I think it's been, I, I like I said, I understand they're not everyone's cup of tea, but they they earned it, man. Like it's, yeah. I, I think that this season was like I said, it's better than I could have expected. I have no idea what to expect going into the next season, but it was a fun ride. That's really all I can ask for. Yeah, man. Like, the flack that I called for not talking about it when we lost. Like, for anyone that doesn't know, like, I was covering the sky during the semifinals. Like, I was literally at the game, so I was, mm-hmm. you know, press rooms and stuff. They get loud and they get long. So, like, I was literally there on game, like, the last game. I think that was game four or game five. Honestly, who cares? They lost. But literally there till midnight, literally just talking to Steven on the court, like, yo, this really happened. They really coughed up an 18-point lead, an 18-0 run in the last four minutes of the game. Oh, where's the spaces? Oh, what's going on? You guys are hiding. And it's like, oh, man, it was Sabria's birthday. <laughs> like, well, like, that's the benefit and the curse of Twitter, right? Because you, you, you and her have built up such a following because of your availability and because of your immediate reactions and stuff like that. So that people, people just assume that you have nothing else going on or – yeah, I know you're at the game, but like, give me my give me my content immediately, and it's just like, exactly. I like, I, I mean, I I I think that that was a, obviously a completely unreasonable reaction by them. I understand that fans are going to fan, but I, I tend to not like most fans because I think that the fanatic behavior of some of it is just kind of exhausting. But it is um, the the Sun man. Like, hats off to them. They got there and. You know, they beat Candace Parker three of the last four years, you know? So, <laughs> and, you know, that comment, I don't think it was nefarious or any type of, like, of that nature. But the way he framed it was really just kind of set people off. And, like, I got all the jokes off I, I really wanted to. Like, it's not that serious. But at the end of the day, like, they made the finals. They deserved to be there. And they played rather well the majority of those games. Like, I don't think they really had a bad game any of those mm-hmm. four games. I really don't think they did. Like, that they really not, like, execute sometimes? Yeah, but I don't look at any of those four games and think, wow, they just threw this game away. Except for the first one. The first one, I didn't understand the DB shot at the end, considering John Cole is a 38%, I think, uh, shooter from three in their career. I don't understand that one. Honestly, I do think if the Sun win that first game, we're looking at a different, a completely different series. I think so too, and I, like I don't want to step on on what our our outlet past brethren are going to do on the other half of this podcast when talking about the Aces, but I think that like that was a big deal for the Aces, right? And that they've been to the finals before, but like they they had a similar reputation to what you guys did last year and what we had coming into this finals, right? Of yeah, you're, you're really good in the regular season, you can kind of get there, but you've never gotten over the hump. But I think if you hit that shot at the end of that game on their floor, that can be the kind of thing that really shifts that series. But they didn't, and the aces come out victorious. So um, do you, I, I don't know how much you've really thought about the offseason. Obviously there's some big changes coming for the sun just in general. I mean, they can't afford everything. I, Courtney Williams is a free agent. Uh, Bree Jones is a free agent. What do you think this sun team is going to look? I'm not going to ask you to make any, none of us are, I, I, I'm, maybe I shouldn't speak for you. I don't, I'm not much of a tap expert here. So I don't know how they're going to kind of, I was surprised when they were able to afford Courtney Williams last year and extend John Quell Jones. So what do you think this one team looks like next year? Honestly, with the way the league is going, I think every team is going to look completely different. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, I don't think there's going to be a single team in this league that looks the same as it did two days ago. 
The only team I believe in looking similar is the Aces because they re-extend everyone to extension. Like, <laughs> Everybody's under contract. Yeah, but otherwise, yeah, I agree. I think there's a lot of variability around the league. Um, like if we're talking you know, specific players, I, I just don't like. I, I've I've got a lot of the John Quill flack. I get it, but I I just don't see how he trade away a former MVP, literally a season removed, and call that a win. I just I just don't think you get back adequate you know, reimbursement for her talents, at least we can say, okay, you know what, we're better off without her. And, you know, I've made a lot of jokes about JJ not, you know, being locked in and all this other stuff. That may have been true, but at the same time, she is clear-cut the best player on that team. Does she play like it consistently? No, but I think she's the best player on that team. No shade AT, she's great. But when John Cole is locked in, I don't think there's many that players league better than her. I agree. My issue, and I'm not even saying trade JJ, but I, I could. I think there's plenty of discussion to be had. I don't think it is like I, I'm not like to to use some of the old like sports radio like colloquialisms. I'm not driving her to the airport, but I, I think that like like you can li- like. I think she is in a vacuum the most talented player on this team. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that her and Alyssa Thomas make sense as the two foundational pieces going. I mean, you've seen that whenever they're both on the court, there's, I don't even know that they necessarily butt heads, but like something just doesn't quite click, right? I think if you're going to trade one of them, you're going to get more return for, for John Paul Jones. That, that's undis- like, I, I don't think yeah. that given Alyssa Thomas's health and, and, and everything like that, or, or like past injuries, I, I don't think you're going to get the return for her that you would for a John Paul Jones. So if you're telling me in a world where you could trade her and re-sign Bree and kind of reshape the team around, like, if you're committed to contending and you have to trade one of the top two, I think that's the only way you do do it. Would I do it? I, I have to see the offers, right? I, I, I'm not, I'm also fine just kind of bringing JJ and AT back and hoping they figure it out because I do think they're, they're both very smart players as well. So I think that just given more reps, you're going to have it. Like, I, I think that they're too talented not to figure something out. And, and I mean, like they've made finals in the last, two seasons they were both healthy together right you know what I mean so it's tough to argue with the results I don't know it's 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 interesting I I think that if you don't move her then I think Bree's gone and that sucks I I love Bree Jones and but you just can't afford all of them you see like like again I love JJ but if we're talking about the future of the team and moving forward and the path that actually leads to a finals win you gotta sign Bree. I think you term. do, but I, I like you like legitimately cannot offer her the money she's deserved. You, like you like under the salary cap, you're not able to. Unless you, with the trade though, let's say trade JJ, that'd be. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, not gonna lie to you, man. You know this team better than I do, but there have been numerous stretches throughout the playoffs and in the regular season that I've seen this team function better when she's not on the floor. Now, maybe that's the. Maybe that's I the game that plan. Obvious, so yes. <laughs> like maybe it's the game plan or it's just the, the coaching. I don't know. It's the integration of, you know, Kurt's integration of the players themselves. But he's made it clear. AT his girl, Bree is up and coming. And it, it's unfortunate that JJ has got the short end of the stick pretty much the entire season removed from MVP. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm, I'm just not sure how you move forward with all these different pieces that don't fit. It's exactly like Dallas, literally, completely like Dallas. 
I think if you mix those two teams to kind of split it down the middle, you kind of actually get like the, the ideal finals team, right? I had mentioned earlier that like when Doc, I was talking to Bailey uh, after the the Vicky Johnson news, and he was talking about how like they could trade for possibly a, like a number one, number two to pair with Enrique, and it's like there's a world. I, I think it financially works that if you were to do a sign and trade for Gray, and you get you get back like Gray a walk, and maybe Izzy Harrison, and then like you're still able to re-sign, uh, um, Bree Jones. If that's like real. Like that's the kind of movie make, right? Like, I, I think JJ's better than all of them. I think JJ's better than all of them. But like, if you're able to kind of build that, that's so much depth for your team. And you're also you get younger, you get more versatile. You actually have a guard that knows how to pass the ball. No shade at my guards, but like, there's not a lot of passing up there. There's a reason why Alyssa Thomas is leading the team in assists. So, I, I just, I think that that. I we, we I think we kind of hype up every single offseason in the WNBA to be something more than it is. I think I think this is the one, whether it be them or Stewie or NECA or something's brewing here. And I think it's also part of like you're seeing like some of these faces of franchises, faces of the league retire and move on. But I, I think that this is a real turning point. And while I want my team to stay good and like stay contending, I think it's kind of interesting. They're entering this turning point at a turning point of their own. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think the season was pretty fantastic. I, I know that. It didn't go the way either of us would have would have hoped, but uh, <laughs> kind of putting a bow on like our final like post game part of, of of the of the season. What were your real big? Do you have any final thoughts on the season heading into the off season? The sun, right? Just in general. Oh, where to start? Um, well, for one, the sky are going to look like a completely different team, like. I don't want to call it, but I, I, I don't see Candace Parker return. Like I, I, I maybe she could call it, you know, come back, say this is my last year, but she's made an effort to let her know she doesn't want the whole you know celebratory tour of her leaving. So I could see her just, hey, I want to MVPs. Like I'm good. I got the rings. I got the stats. I've got the you know at the accolades. Got all the all stars, all the first teams, all that good stuff. Like, what else does she have to prove that she's one of the better players to ever step on the W court? I don't think she is, but I'm not, as far as, like, having to prove it, I don't think she does have to. But with this team, Ezra Ray Stevens deserves to start somewhere. She's a starter-level player. Her, her Literally, her talent last year won this team a ring. And her play style was changed dramatically to the point to where she was really just a three-and-drive. You got the three, you got the drive, take it. That's it. Like, there was no real mid-range game that she was allowed to, you know, show or just, you know, the finishing. It was there. And at one point of the season, she was shooting, I think, like 40% from three over a good stretch of games. So that's another addition to that. But this team can look completely different. Ka is the mainstay, Kalia Copper. And other than that, who knows? You know, I was talking in the group chat the other day. I was like, yo, would y'all want to salute for, you know, Joe Lloyd? You know, know, Joe Lloyd's from Lincolnwood, right outside Chicago. Why not? Hey, you know, she's 28, I think. You know, um, the team could use that juice. But um, like Bailey was saying a while ago with the whole um, Connecticut and Dallas, Dallas has too many wings. Connecticut has too many bigs. Mm -hmm. Perfect swap. 
Yep. <laughs> I don't see an issue with that. And the, the beauty of Alicia Gray in her game, she could play the one through three. Honestly, she would play one through four if she yeah. really wanted to. <laughs> yeah, I think that, like, I mean, going back to that, like that potential or whatever trade, um, any trade involving Dallas and, and Connecticut would have to involve Alicia Gray. Not just because, like, the presumed, like, trade and everything like that, but uh, yeah. if I'm if I'm Connecticut and I'm giving up somebody like John Quill Jones, I have to be giving an Alicia Gray back. I think that she's, I think she's on, like, without being, like, a, a true blue superstar, I think she's a transformational talent, and I think that that would, like, really change things for the way that this team plays basketball. I also think that we're going to see, it's going to get ugly, but prioritization is going to be a thing next year that I, I think that the casual fans who aren't paying attention are really not ready for how that's going to impact this league. And uh, it's going to, as somebody who, who loves to write about the league, I can't wait to get all my think pieces off talking about how much the league is screwing it up. But here we go. It's not even the way they just screwed up. It's the way they initiated the entire conversation was, hey, this is going to go into effect now or next season. Um, the season after that is when you start getting fined. And in order to move forward with the league, this has to happen. That's not a conversation. That's more of a declaration. You're, you're, you're not talking to me. You're talking to me. You're not, you're not talking with me. You're talking to me. And I just don't see how that's constructive. You move forward. You've already got players out here saying, hey, make money overseas. I'm not coming back. So. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how if that was already a problem, you telling them to make us a priority. You're not solving the problem. You're making the problem worse. But we can save that for whatever free agent shows or whatever like that. Like I said, I don't think that's a problem that's going away anytime soon. I think it's kind of like that sleeping giant of a problem that we're, we're enjoying this fantastic playoffs and what it was that's coming in earnest as, after what should be a great college season. So um, yeah, that's definitely something to keep an eye on, but our, our schedule from here on out on, on rebel edition is going to be, we're going to try to keep it as, as regular as possible, but also, I mean, we have the world cup and stuff coming up, but, Without the W season, there's not there's not much really to talk about at all times. Free agency doesn't start until until February, so we got a little bit of a downtime here. Um, but thank you everyone who has joined us this season. Anyways, get your plugs out on the way out. <laughs> well, yes, uh, you can find me at Twitter at um, Snacks for Tweets, like the snacks that you eat, the number four, and then tweets. Um, most of my work, all of my work, is at Outlet Pass with the W. Um, I've got some stuff coming on the features for the NBA coming on later on in the season. Um, you can find, like, the Bulls-specific stuff over at Madhouse and Madison and madhouse.madison.net, I believe. It's terrible that I don't know, but it's, <laughs> this, this, it's on my Twitter profile. It's in the link. You'll see it. It's there. But, yeah, that's where you'll find most of the, you know, consistent Bulls stuff because you got to find some other way to organize it, you know? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And, and you're on spaces all the time as well, right? Yeah, like the, sometimes the spaces that me and Sabria do, a majority of them are, um, you know, scheduled and they have like a set game plan. But like the one I just literally got off of for jumping on the pod, uh, VJ got fired and people, you know, they wanted an instant reaction. And I was like, hey, you want to run the spaces? And yeah, let's do it. I'm like, okay, cool. And then we really just ended up talking about Dallas and prioritization and, uh, people calling me out for my takes over the season uh, for about a good two and a half hours. So that was that was definitely a lot of fun, man. I love that. I love that. Um, yeah, so definitely check out all of our content at Outlet Pass. Uh, we'll be doing – I know that I'm doing a series. It'll probably go, like, once a week to try to space the content out, but also so I can go a little bit deeper on things, like doing, like, season obituaries and look ahead to free agency. I did it last year at our last site. 
And uh, it kind of gives me a way to reset on each of these teams and also kind of look forward. It kind of like refamiliarizes everything with, hey, I know the fever and the dream ended a couple months ago, but they have a lot of decisions coming up. So stuff like that. So I, I think that that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, like I said, we'll be here. Uh, definitely some NBA content coming soon. A lot of our a lot of our friends at LF Pass actually have a lot of great stuff coming. I, I have some stuff as well too. So definitely check us out there. And uh, we'll catch you next time on Rebel Edition. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to part two of this week's double episode of Rebel Edition. This is your host, Bailey, as always. Got a special guest with me today. We're coming at you from the Aces side. She's been covering the Aces now for a little while. You may know her from Twitter. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Trinia Barbie. Um, I'm originally from Flint, Michigan. Grew up in Detroit. And uh, I moved to Vegas, you know, with that Detroit hustle mentality. And, you know, I've been working with the Aces for about two years now, and it's been a blessing. I love it. And I'm just happy to see how far these ladies have come, because even though I've only been working with them for two years, I've been watching them from jump. Like, I'm a product of the WNBA, for sure, starting with the Detroit Shock. And, you know, this is just God's plan for me to be right here at this moment, you know, enjoying this championship with these ladies i love it i love it so yeah talk about that a little bit how did you get to this point with the team um so i went to a game right (laughs) my first WNBA game in probably like 20 years you know and i'm like you know, talking to Angel McCartry as she's walking out the tunnel, you know, just vibing with the players from my seat, you know, vibing with people in the crowd, you know, you know, just having a good time, you know, and, and somebody that actually I was on the whole basketball team with and, you know, I'm, I just play basketball with her, you know, and she's like this big time person like you know domestic violence survivor you know she has her own businesses you know radio station all of this and I'm just like oh wow like nice to meet you you know she just asked me to come to the game and hang out and you know she offered me a job by halftime and I was just like whoa like for real like I mean I don't know what I'm doing but sure why not (laughs) like you know and I mean because of COVID you know I had the interact over the computer and stuff but you know with zoom but you know it was still great and then you know this year you know we just been on the floor and I mean it's even better up close you know like actually seeing the people eye to eye you know talking to them eye to eye you know about you know the things they out there doing that I've been watching them do you know it's crazy yeah it's it's crazy where the world has been so connected lately and how I don't want to say easy, but how just something like that can really set you up on something you didn't even expect to have happen. Yeah. Especially in this space. That's what I'm saying. You know, it's it's God's word. Shout out to Anointed Radio. They they the ones that put me on. And I mean, I wouldn't be here without God straight up. Absolutely. 100%. What's been some of your favorite moments kind of maybe off the court? You know, what's been some of your stuff that you've had going on that you like so much? Uh, man, it's just the the vibe in there, you know, like top to bottom um, in the organization, the crowd, you know, the staff that work in the arena, you know, like 
it's it's just like one big family. Everybody's speaking to each other, happy to see each other, you know. You know, even the crowd recognizing people speaking out from the crowd. Like, you know, it's just it's just like crazy. And we all come in there for one purpose and it's to see them ladies rock out, you know. And we ride for them. We ride for them hard. And it's just it's just beautiful to see. Like we literally got the best crowd and the best support, you know, ever out here in Vegas, man. It's crazy. Yeah, Mark Mark Davis took the invest in women to heart, you know, in the in the finals especially they were deep. They said back to back records, if I recall correctly, for attendance in a game. Were man. you there for both? You were in in attendance for both of those. Man, man, listen. The first time we broke the record, I was there. I missed game one and two. I was on the road for my other job with Spirit Airlines, you know, so I was on the road, but, you know, I, I hopped in the Zooms, you know, I was watching the games, you know, like, but I seen the crowd, like, I know what that crowd is like night in and night out. I just knew it was crazy, more electrified, you know, like, but as, as one of those faithfuls that Chelsea was talking about, like, yeah, I know what it's like. I know what it's like, you know, I don't even got to be there. I, I felt it. <laughs> yeah. And, and I haven't been there in Vegas, but I could even feel it through the, through the TV. They had the towels waving. They were deep. Yeah, it was man. hardly an empty seat in that lower bowl. Yeah. And, we need a bigger arena. <laughs> oh yeah. For real. For real. <laughs> I, I thought it was really, really cool to see though, especially when you're in the finals and the team is playing well. And the city has really embraced them. You know, I saw where they showed the final, I want to say like two minutes of the game at the Raiders game. I thought yeah. that was awesome because you hear so awesome. much about mm-hmm. why did the W schedule on the same day as the NFL? Da, da, da. Like, yeah. you know, it's cool to see. And then even with Mark Davis, even though I hated the question, I think I think it was Holly Rose said, you know, yes, you're, you're the owner of the Raiders. Why are you here? Like, yeah kind of yeah. a dumb question and, and, he defl- and he deflected it quick and you know gave credit back to the ladies you know yeah. because at the end of the day mark is a good man like mm-hmm. he, when when he says he, his he don't have to say he believes in investing women his actions show right. and that's why he has a president as a, a black female president of his WNBA and NFL team like you know, he's not, he's not playing. Like, you know, the, the actions speak for itself. And like, he really believes in all these women, like all of them. And it's, it's beautiful. Like it's, it's a beautiful thing to see also because he's, I'm just going to say it. He's a white man, you know, like you don't see it. You don't see it. Right. You know? And it's just, it's just beautiful to see, man. Yeah. And- he's, <laughs> he's, uh, he's about, I guess about that life is what is what you could say, but yeah, it's like you said, he, he takes it all in and understands his role and how he can really improve the product and is the narrative, all of it. And as soon as the W, I don't want to say it gets out in their own way, but kind of, you know, as soon as they redo the CBA where maybe owners have a little bit more control and what they can do, I, the aces, I mean, they're, they're sitting on a dynasty already, but, once he's able to really, really let it pour in, like, and Joe side does the same to an extent, but Mark Davis to me is on a whole separate level. But speaking of dynasty, you got championship number one. So let's talk about, let's talk about the season a little bit. Yeah. So you, you've been covering the aces. You said for two years, you've been a fan for pretty much since they've been there. Yeah. 
So what was the moment for you this year when you first maybe thought, okay, this looks like a championship team? Because <laughs> we knew they had the talent, but there's yeah. always different moments where it kind of really sinks in like, okay, they can do this. And yeah. it happens for different people at different points. So what was that point for you? Um, It was actually last season, game five against the Phoenix Mercury at home semifinals when we lost. Okay. I I had a uh really nice view from the press area and it was I saw I saw literally Jackie Young turn down a wide open shot that she makes effortlessly now this year, you know? But she turned down that shot last year and you know, tried to force it in Asia or whatever happened in that play. They end up losing. I knew at that moment right then and there they were going to win the championship next year, this year, because Jackie Young is a is a bucket getter, you know? All of them are bucket getters. But the way they were playing, they weren't playing like themselves. I didn't, I didn't really like how the style that they played last year compared right. to this year. The ball moves so much, and, you know, anybody's night. It's anybody's night. And like, that's, that's the main difference. And when I came into, you know, interviews at the beginning of the season, you know, before they even touched the floor, you know, I felt it. I felt that it was going to be a difference. I knew soon as Becky Hammond was announced that she was going to be the coach. I knew she was going to come in with that dog mentality and like no BS mentality, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, I mean, it was some selfishness in the past but she came in day one and said hey all that is done you know ain't no selfishness we all together you know we win together we lose together I don't care how many points you got (laughs) you know we lost it don't matter you know you know so yeah man I I knew instantly at, at the end of that game last year I knew that it was gonna be different and I've been saying it on twitter man i i ain't even try to go back and find the tweets where i've been (laughs) saying this man it ain't even worth it (laughs) i remember (laughs) remember after that game when asia came to the post-game media and she was just bawling you could just see it and she was crying so hard i've always been of the belief that every champion has a defining loss or some sort of defining moment. Yeah. And for me, I I felt like that could have been one of them as well. I, w- I was not as locked as you were. I did think that that, that to me solidified her getting MVP this year. Mm-hmm. That that was my moment. I was like, I think Ace is going to get MVP next year. Um, And then, you know, fortunately – the Becky Hammond signing. I love how you broke that down. I wanted to get to that in a little more depth here in a second, but she did a lot more for that team than people want to give her credit for um, with the revamping everything. But so you said you saw it last year at that moment, you know what? So what was it about that moment to you that really solidified like next year's the year? Well, like you said, you know, Asia in the the press conference, you know, balling, you know, I, I've been watching Asia since college. And when I, when I used to look at her, I'd be like, dang, she looks so tired. 
she looks very tired and she plays so hard you know I know she puts a lot she used to put a lot of pressure on herself mm-hmm. you know and I could see it and you know it it will pay off because she won the national championship at South Carolina or whatever you know but it was like dang girl like you you really like are exhausted and basketball don't stop for some of these girls you know mm-hmm. she's they just won the championship and she's already on the team USA roster. Like, you know, like it don't stop. So, you know, so I'm glad that she found that balance for herself outside of basketball. Cause that was what was mostly important because like, you know, you get too wrapped up in trying to win and, you know, trying to go hard all the time, you know, that makes you even more tired, mm-hmm. you know, that, a lot out of you even more you know take some years off your game you know if if you let it you know so I'm really glad that she found that balance and I'm gonna just you know refer back to you know the Becky Hammond signing you know like you know she she made it an importance that these girls have off days you know to you know mental health days you know just take some time away from basketball because that's very important and I and I'm so glad that all these girls took advantage of that because we wouldn't be here right now celebrating this championship if they didn't get a chance to finally learn how to do that. Exactly. Exactly. I think that's all very important as well. And, you know, you hear a lot of people talking about the Aces didn't have any bench. The Aces played their starting five too much, whatever. But when you look at what they're doing off the court with things like that, with taking days off, it does kind of, maybe dampen that impact but you know as someone who's in that environment seeing that what does the high minutes of the starters that are going to be your long-term core is that a concern to you it's it wasn't a concern from start because literally they have so many lineups and so many weapons on the bench that she becky could have used mm-hmm. but well, i mean if you ain't got to play all your cards in the game then why why do it? Why right. do it? You know, like, I mean, these ladies have an understanding of what the job is, you know, and what the goal is, you know, from one through 12, all of them, you know, in practice, they're still going hard, you know, still playing like as if they're p- trying to compete, you know, for minutes, like, you know, there's, there's still a competition there, you know, whether it's in practice or not, you know, but they, they are all for each other at the end of the day, you know, they're, they're not clocking their minutes, you know, they're soaking in this knowledge, soaking in this experience, you know, getting, getting something out of this that, you know, you can take forward with you in the rest of your career. And that's the point of emphasis. So yeah, all that noise about, you know, too much playing time and stuff. I mean, this is the core. We know that, you know, but as time goes and these rookies that we had on the bench this year get acclimated with the WNBA system and everything, man, listen, you, you talk about dynasty. Come on, man. Like, it's as we have our core, anybody that we can pick up can play with us. You know, that's that's how we play. And Hey, I I feel bad for anybody that's going to step on the court against the Aces in the next year's coming because literally Becky did not even play her whole hand. 
she Mm-mm. didn't even have, she didn't play her whole hand and that's what y'all fell in the people are failing to realize you know like you you got you ain't got to play the whole hand it's a poker face right this is, she's playing chess not checkers man <laughs> this is a long haul long haul and becky understands that as a mm-hmm. former player and you know mm-hmm. she's she's coached her coaching ex- history is very extensive as well i mean she was talking about She's got 7,000 plays in her playbook or something like that was <laughs> incredible to me. But so let's talk about these finals now that we're, we're at the end of the season and you've, you've won the championship. So, so give me your take on, on the finals. You know, went to four games, played the Connecticut Sun. For those of you that may have missed it, Chelsea Gray finals MVP, one of the most incredible postseason runs from her that we've ever seen from anybody in the W. Um, you know, so so. What are your thoughts on the postseason for the Aces? They played the Storm, but what was it? It was Mercury Storm. Mercury Storm, and then the Sun. Yeah, so I mean, I called it. I said it was gonna be four games. I was talking smack on Twitter when I said three because I mean, Connecticut literally was like looking like, man, we don't want to play. Like, for real, you know? <laughs> and <laughs> we don't want to play. So, you know, I only said that to, you know, ruffle the sun's feathers a little bit. But I, I respected them enough to give them one game, you know? So, um, but, you know, Chelsea Gray, like, the way she plays, man, is just a beautiful thing, you know? Like, she, she just gets to her spot and shoots it every time the same exact way. And the best part is her head is always up. So you may think she about to pull up, but now she diamonds Asia or somebody cut into the basket, you know, like, I mean, it's, it's just a thing of beauty to see how she just carved up defenses. Like, I mean, cause I knew, I knew when she got the ball and the shot clock was at, a point she's going to work and it's if it's Natasha Howard or somebody in front of her she was she was taking them she was taking them you you can't stay in front of me because I'm low to the ground oh you think you can step up on me okay now I'm about to shoot it over you fade away like I mean it was it was beautiful it was beautiful man (laughs) yeah there was a chart on Twitter and it was like uh points per shot attempt and it had a cluster of everybody in WBA history. And, like, you see a cluster, and then Chelsea Gray's just way out here. She's, like, over 100 shots and, like, a point and a half per shot or something ridiculous yeah. like that. It was just such an outlier. And what's really crazy to think about, in my opinion, is, you know, had they won it in three games, we might have had co-finals MVPs because Asia was just as good in those first three games. Yeah. For me, that game four really solidified the finals MVP for Chelsea, but it was, they had a very dominant postseason together. Yeah. And, you know, it was crazy because Asia gets all the attention as the MVP, as the centerpiece. But, man, like you said, Chelsea on those elbows, especially. But, I mean, mm-hmm. she was even hitting, I remember in game four. Three. Yeah, she hit a shot from the logo, like just. Mm-hmm. casually over to Juana Bonner, just like, I'm going to shoot this on purpose. It wasn't even low shot clock, yeah. like nine seconds on the shot clock. She just kind of stood there and then let it go, and it went in. I was like, oh, yeah, no, this this series is over with. It's yeah. over. Yeah. But, um, I, I, her confidence had to just 
be out of this world, you know, seeing her shots that she in the gym working on just falling, you know, like, I mean, it was, I want to say it was game three. She didn't even have that many shot attempts. Like, I, I feel like she was just like, you know, okay, if y'all want to come out hard, rah, rah, you know, y'all can get this one. But game four, I'm going off. So yeah. she had one. Like, I think she was like four of seven in game three. Mm-hmm. I was about to say, yeah, seven or eight shots, man. That was it. That was it. So, I mean, she, that was just an incredible season. Tip of the hat to her. And yeah. as, as a Sparks fan, it all, it, it's always good to see Chelsea Gray you know, succeeding. Um, man, the Duke win, it's always good to see Chelsea Gray, man. Yeah. Oh my goodness, man. Yeah, yeah. man, like, she, she's definitely overcame a lot in her career, and you know, I just love seeing this for her. Like, it's it's beautiful, man. I love it. It's it, Basketball is so passionate to me, man, so when yeah. I see perfect love story working out for other players that I didn't been watching, like, man, my heart goes out. Like, I love it. That's how I feel about Kelsey Plum, you know, yeah. going off, coming off an Achilles. And mm-hmm. it's really interesting. We've seen, you know, really three primary big name stars come off of Achilles, but not really see it slow them down like it used to. Yeah. You know, and, and KP's work ethic is by every account that I hear out of this world. Have you, have you seen that firsthand? Like what? Oh yeah. I love watching her warmups, man. Like, She's just on the go, practicing shots on the move, on off the hop, you know, because she's always moving. Like, her footwork is ridiculous. You know, the video that goes viral of her doing the dance on the sideline, you know, like, that's footwork, you know, that's mm-hmm. the, ladder, the ladder drill all day, you know, like, and that's something that is a point of emphasis when you're in rehab for um, knee injuries and ankle and Achilles injuries. So, you know, like, I mean, she's just showing the amazing work that her rehabilitation and the staff did with her, you know, like, and just made it all work, you know, to keep her healthy, you know, and like, I mean, she's, you seen how, how bulk she is. Like she, she's stout, yo. Like, and it's funny when, in game four, when um uh what what's her name uh Heidemann pushed her, yep. and I was like, yo, she sold that, <laughs> she sold that, cause there's no way Heidemann got her up off that, got her up off like that, like she sold it, she acted a little bit. <laughs> hey, you do what you gotta do. She got that call. Hey, that's, she sold it. That's what matters. <laughs> so now that you know your aces have won this championship, it kind of feels like as they usually say, like a monkey off the back. You know, they've been close the last couple of years. And now they're locked up their whole core for the next couple of years. And they've got Becky. You know, we talked about it a little more, but I want to go kind of in depth on it here. You know, what have you seen different? We talked about it a little bit, but between the Becky team versus the Bill Beer team, because people to me are really – not giving Becky the credit just because she inherited a talented roster. And I I know you understand that can speak to that. So I want to hear from your perspective being there, you know, what has Becky instilled in these ladies that, you know, took them over the top? Well, you, you can have a talented roster all day, but if they don't want to play together, then it's not going to happen. Right. And that's just as simple as what it was coming down to last year. Like, you know, 
they were they were ready to get it over with you know and I my, I'm I'm mad that my question had got cut off in the you know uh, WNBA uh, finals, but you know it was an important question because I seen the difference in the teams, and you know when you win the way that they won this year, it feels different. You're actually happy. You think anybody on that bench was sad? Like, dang, I ain't even touched the floor today, but. I mean, we won, you know, like, no, it's not even like that. They put, everybody put in work. So everybody, the staff, everybody put in work to have this moment. And, you know, it started from when Becky got hired and she came in and, and, uh, I want to say, uh, Nikki brought in, um, Natalie, you know, like, I mean, this is the stars past you know and they're they're coming into the organization they run the organization the way that the stars would have been ran you know and and with becky being the player slash coach you know she coming in telling everybody straight off the rip i'm not going for none of that like i didn't play with people like that i'm not coaching players like that you know and i mean i don't i, I don't know if she really played with people like that but you know i'm just saying you know as a, a basketball player i'm pretty sure she's had she some probably terrible did. People, probably did you know that, that she couldn't stand playing with you know cuz they were just so selfish and you know she came in and she implemented a mentality a mentality and a model that they were just going to go by like literally Asia says all the time, like, I got your six, you got mine. And the city low-key has 360. You know, we all in like a little circle in, in the middle of the desert anyway. Like, you know, this city really has these ladies back and all these sports teams out here for real. But the way they pull, show, show up and pulled up for the, the ladies, man, like, I love it, man. Like, for real. Like, that's that's all the Becky effect. You know, because of the way that these girls play, man, like they look like they having so much fun out there. Like, like winning wasn't what they were focused on when they were out there. You know, it was always they were playing every game as if they were getting ready or, you know, playing the championship at that case. You know, like, I mean, it it all started from. Becky being signed and going in there and, you know, keeping it real with those ladies. And then they became comfortable with keeping it real with each other. You know, it carries over. Now you you ain't even got to have coach all in the player business because your captains is taking care of it, you know? Right. You saw that on display a couple of times in the finals. They had Asia mic'd mm-hmm. up in the huddle. I saw multiple yeah. instances of different players, especially Chelsea Gray grabbing the the whiteboard and drawing on it, mm-hmm. it the you know the vibes were Asia great Kelsey get her shit together exactly like <laughs> all know? all of that stuff mm-hmm. i i'm willing to bet that would not happen under yeah. bill and that's that's not a knock against bill he it's by all means no. a player coach but um definitely just different vibes at the same time different yeah. levels of accountability and different levels of comfort you so, see, you see, you could see the huddle. Di- you see the huddle difference. It's a, even a difference in the huddle. You know, last year people were sitting at the end of the bench, or you know, kind of just sitting down. This year, everybody's standing. Nobody's sitting down. Mm-hmm. Nobody like 
you know, everybody's in the huddle when coach drawing up a play or whatever, you know, if coach over here talking to Chelsea on the side, Asia over here leading the other huddle, you know, with the assistant coaches, like, you know, like everybody was just tuned in, tapped in from, from start. It's a, a mentality from top to bottom. That's what it takes. And, and even mm-hmm. those, those players that didn't see a lot of minutes were always engaged. Kirsten Bell, Sidney Colson, Asia Shepard, like they were always on the bench supporting and being happy, but always locked in at the same time. And that that's hard to do. Yeah. That's yeah. hard that, to do. I mean, that's that's a very mature thing. Very professional. Uh, for for a professional too. You know, a lot of times people be worried about themselves and everything like that and don't realize take what you can from this blessing that you have because it was a lot of names out the league this year you know that people were like dang how how you know like so that just goes a long way I I really feel like with the Aces winning the championship this year it just shows that the W has just needs to like you said get out their own way and let this league expand to what it potentially can be we got girls dunking now y'all said y'all wanted to see people dunk we got people that can dunk give us 32 teams <laughs> like yeah. we can, can run it we can run it like seriously like i mean the money is there we've seen it the money is out there the sponsorships are there it's there like i mean come on what more do you need what more do you need the talent pool is there it's it's, it's literally all there. I mean, it's all there. We've there are players right now that's either overseas or working AU even. Like yep. there's, you know, it's not something we can go real big on immediately. You have to be smart and logical with it because it is a business in the, the day. But like you said, I I don't see any reason why over the next five years or so we can't get to sixteen teams and eventually move on up to yep. 20 you know i'm i i I really think there's a way the league can go four teams on this next expansion if it wants to yeah for you sure know, a lot of talk I, about I'm going not, to i'm not going for one bro I, I i'm gonna be upset if it's just one team because what is that <laughs> like it like, don't yeah, do nothing okay. for you yeah it's not it's not really doing anything that's like adding one team to a league <laughs> you know like a, a pickup league or something that's not really right. making change that's not really making the shift in the competition and stuff like that like come on big let's go four teams or four teams or more period exactly so while we're on that subject just get your opinion on it where would you want to see a team what's your what's your number one city you want to see a team in detroit period period like the Detroit shot beat in my heart every time I step on the floor. You know, like the fact that we don't have a team there and we were so successful, mm-hmm. that blows my mind. But it just goes to show that even if you winning, if the man don't want to see you in right there and taking his shine, then you got to go. You got to go. They And they shipped the team all the way to Texas, which is cool. But now Detroit just has, you know, not really much to cheer for these days. But, you know, I mean, come on. That's crazy. That that really, like, 
changed the whole shift in the city, you know, when they yeah. when they got rid of the shop. And I, I'm I'm sad to say like basketball really hadn't been hasn't been the same. You know, you have some semi-professional teams out there, the Detroit Queens and the Detroit Dodgers and the Flint Monarchs that are, you know, nat- world champions because yeah. they'll they'll take these teams overseas and play in tournaments and stuff. You know, got people from, you know, that played in the W, you know, been on WNBA rosters, you know, but they don't, they, they would love to play at home. I know a lot of them would love to play at home in front of their city. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, man, Detroit is number one. And, sure. and, and the shot games used to be so deep. So deep. They were so always deep. backed out. Oh, my goodness. Fans. Oh, my goodness. You've seen the pictures back in the day when they was playing against the Comet, you know, like, I mean, come on. Yeah, come on, man. And and Detroit is right there. I have Houston and Detroit as my one because that's seven WNBA titles that are currently like unclaimed. They're just there. They're just there in history. Yeah, (laughs) and to me, I think I think the W would benefit a lot from restoring that history. Yeah. But it, it's interesting that you you know you kind of name all that. I was at the AEBL finals mm-hmm. uh, here in Atlanta, and uh, my friend CB, she's from Michigan, and she played for the Flint Monarchs, and then she came out oh, here and played. Bradford. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, Shavante Zellis showed up to the finals game in her shock jersey. Yeah, and I thought that was cool how you know she showed up in that because that's a that's that's a gem. You know, if you yeah. still got a shock jersey, mm-hmm. you got you something. And they were tough too. Them, them shock jerseys was tough. Oh my, Flint Cash, let's go. I, I can go all day, but yeah, man, that's that's just crazy. That's yeah. crazy. I I would love to see it though. I would love to see it. Real history restored yeah. for sure. And it, it was so crazy during the playoffs. Uh, the Wings they showed a stat that they were like eight and three in elimination games or something, but like mm-hmm. all eleven of those games were during the shock era. Yeah. And I was like, that shouldn't even apply to the Wings. That's not theirs. Same. It's not the same. Not the same. But <laughs> uh, you know, before we wrap up on this, is there anything else you wanted to comment on or give your thoughts on for the? For aces or the league or just anything in general or man, I'm I'm a free agent. I'm out here. That's what I got to say, man. <laughs> like just as much as I love covering these ladies, like, you know, it's it's players, commentators out here. I'm hey, I'm out here working. I told I told people, Hey, you said we gotta have an invite. I covered AU for their first season. You know, I got friends that played in there. Shout out to Dominique Wilson. Yep. You know. Like it was lit, you know, but I mean, I'm out here. I'm yeah. out here I'm working and, uh, you know, y'all know where to find me, man. Y'all, y'all got the socials, man. <laughs> I, I seen your highlights on the ground. Bro, come on, man. Let them know. Let them know. I got that spray out here ready to go. Okay, I can't confirm. <laughs> and, and, the, and the IQ, man, like I, passing is my favorite part of my game so okay. hey, i know i can get a bucket but i'm trying to i'm trying to get my team involved that's why i got this point guy shirt on man I like see. i love it man i love it I'm out here representing we about to go get crazy <laughs> you gonna be four shots in before you go to the parade like asia said listen man i <laughs> i'm not technically working so i might get a little fat tuesdays or something you I, know <laughs> i heard that i heard that 
But yeah, yeah. Uh, let the people know where they can check out your stuff. We'll drop your social hey, real quick. Y'all can, y'all can find me on Instagram at Barbie, B-A-R-B-E-E underscore underscore world. And uh, on Twitter, boss underscore underscore Barbie, man. Let's get it. Follow me, man. I and make sure y'all follow my business page too. Check rock. Check underscore underscore rock. That's on Insta- Instagram and check dot rock on uh on Twitter. Uh we we bring in awareness and prevention to suicide, mental health, and uh bullying, man. Like I hey, I, I I'm a voice for everybody, you know. Like you said, it's it's room for everybody, but it takes everybody to help each other too, man. And you know, I, I didn't had a couple friends that I've lost, you know, over the years. And, you know, this is a serious thing. You know, I've I've even helped people get out of situations where they were bullied, you know, like and I'm I'm not saying I'm a nobody, but I'm just one person, you know. So imagine what I could do if, you know, I actually get some people to, you know, follow and join this army, join this fight with me. It's going to be crazy. Like we're going to really make some changes out here in the world. Absolutely. That's a great cause. I need to follow those pages, too, because that's something that's important to me, too. Amen. I've had my own experiences with, especially over this last year. So trust me, I'm right. I understand completely. But I appreciate you coming on. Congratulations on the championship. Go enjoy your parade. Go enjoy your day. Looks like a beautiful day there. Good day oh, for it. Oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful out here. I, if I could, I would have gotten the pool, man. But I'm I'm ready to get out here. Get I out heard here, that. people. Y'all gonna go <laughs> too crazy. They they deserve it, man. The Aces deserve it. The city deserves it. It's it's gonna be awesome. I'm gonna try to watch the live stream. Yeah, yeah, I'm going live too, man. So yeah, make sure y'all tap in. Sydney Colson's live stream gonna be fun too. I'm sure. Oh man, oh man, I know it is. I know it is. They ain't nobody telling her to get off live today. Mm-hmm. I know it. Mm-hmm. I know it. <laughs> but yeah, I'm gonna let you get to it. I appreciate you, Thank and you. we'll be in touch. I'm, I'll let you know when this is going up. All right, bet. Good looking. Have a good evening. Enjoy yourself. Right. You too.